I think for the first time, mm-hmm. I have a place where I can literally say whatever I want to say. Yeah. I can tell them what a horrible person I am. <laughs> and yeah, they're just like, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won't judge pretty, you. It's pretty great. Welcome to Unfiltered Creativity. I'm Shree. I am Monima. And we are both on a journey to live a more creative life. We are so excited and grateful to have you all along this ride. This is an open space to have dialogues about productivity, mindfulness, art, music, personal growth, entrepreneurship, and many, many more. So today we're talking about a topic that's very important and near and dear to both of us, and that's therapy. Mental health. And mental health. And uh, today we're going to be doing a couple of different things. We're going to be talking about what mental health is, why it's important. We're Mm. going to go into a little bit about how mental health issues have been perceived and continue to be perceived. Um, We're going to talk about our personal journeys and experiences with therapy and mental health and, you know, what we think about Mm. who should be getting therapy and when Mm. should people be getting therapy, just our own opinion on some of this stuff. Mm. So it's a heavy, difficult episode, Episode, yeah. um, but we really wanted to tackle something that was important to us. Yeah. Also, we're talking about how therapy can um, impact your creativity or how creativity can impact your mental health. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's dive into the topic. So I don't know if you know this, Manima, but in Canada, Mm. where both of us live now, one out of five people will personally experience a mental health problem or illness. Oh, one out of five people? That's a lot. And uh, actually, 8% of adults will experience major depression at some point in their lives. Yeah, that's not small statistics. And no. today, in the social media or technology culture, it has been proven to have a negative impact on all these mood disorders. Um, also, I think we've seen the steep rise in suicide rates during COVID because of the constant isolation. Yeah, I think yeah, mental health issues have never been more important than they are today. And, you know, with the social media, quick win technology culture, it's going to keep becoming a more important topic that we will yeah. have to face head on. Yeah. So what is your experience with mental health um i personally have definitely dealt with anxiety Mm. uh and you know i i've not always been in the most stable place especially because i'm not very good when it comes to high stress situations so when Mm. things don't go good i don't have the right coping skills Mm. um and also you know there's been a lot of experiences that i think i've had not necessarily because of my family, but just as a child Mm -hmm. in the Indian community who grew up in Canada, there's a lot of confusing messages that we got growing up. Um, I think the culture in general has been, you know, very interesting and it's kind of made it okay for me to allow Mm -hmm. a lot of negative things to happen in my life. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, you know, just the culture that you give respect to elders no matter what. They could be evil, they could be bad, they could be whatever. But mm-hmm. if they're old, you give them respect. respect. And if they don't act in a nice way, you know, if they're rude or discriminatory or abusive, then 
you, it's up to the child usually in that situation to accept it mm. or ignore it and respect it mm. and move on. And if the child reacts, it's disrespectful on the child. Yeah. And I think that cultural thing that we have grown up with here, it kind of basically says in a sense that if there's somebody bad in your life that holds a position of respect or authority, mm. it's up to us to accept it and deal with it and move on. It's not up to that person to change. And I think yeah. it allows allowed me to allow a lot of toxicity into my life. Yeah. It made me exhibit some of the characteristics that yeah. I know are toxic looking at it. And I'm not proud of those characteristics. Mm-hmm. I recognize them. So yeah, it's been it's been very interesting. And I've been learning a lot about myself over the last couple of years on where some of my actions are stemming from. Mm. How about you? So about me, I haven't experienced any major, major um, mental health issues. But definitely when I've had anxiety and I still have anxiety, I mm-hmm. still get anxious. Uh, but I think uh, it took me a pandemic to figure out what I have been going through. Uh, not just figure out, but to identify that I have been going through something. Once I understood that, yes, I am struggling with something, I need to get professional help. Um, then I chose to go to professional help. So how, how is mental health perceived you know in India as a child growing up it is a taboo it is still a taboo it's still taboo of course it is mm-hmm. uh, but I'm glad that there are people or celebrities in India who are coming out and talking about mental health example uh, Deepika Padukone she has a foundation live laugh love I think people need to perceive mental health just like the way they perceive a physical you know, illness or something. Yeah. They're still not there yet, but they are on the way. So have you found that, you know, there's a generational difference? Like, is it taboo generally? Mm. Or is it that it's taboo with maybe our parents' generation or the baby boomers and millennials are changing it? Like, like what do you see happening there? Yeah, I think you said it. It's a generational thing. It's uh, the baby boomers. <laughs> the problem is baby boomers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wonder if it's also like, I mean, it's probably their experience too. Yes. Because, you know, we talked about this in an earlier episode, but they probably yeah. didn't have the luxury to even consider their mental health. They were surviving. They were surviving. And now that we are surviving, mm. we, we're trying to figure out what's next, right? And yeah. it's interesting because even in Canada, I've seen a really huge shift on mental health in general. And um, when I was younger, definitely 100% very taboo subject. Yeah. And in fact, I can actually pinpoint times in my childhood Mm. where people that were very close to me or that I knew, kids, were probably going through something very traumatic from a mental health perspective. Mm. And it was never regarded or treated as such. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's just having a phase and... She's quiet. Yeah, and it's like, you know, like there's always something deeper there. And it's mm-hmm. always worth to to dig on some of those things yeah. um, at that point. And like that's never that was never even a consideration for conversation. Because like mm-hmm. you said, if you go to therapy, 
you have a psychological issue like you are certified crazy exactly. so somebody who's really really sad mm-hmm. or maybe a kid who's extremely antisocial or a mm-hmm. kid who every time faces a certain experience is crying mm-hmm. that's not seen as certified crazy that's seen as like it's okay they'll get over it mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of where it starts right but one thing i am happy about is that in our indian community anyways i I like to think that people of my generation, the millennials, the Gen Zs, they are super woke, are yeah. really bringing up some of these topics. Mm. So I recently told my dad in a part of a conversation that, mm. you know, this is what my therapist recommended or this is what my therapist said. Mm. And uh, I think I caught him by surprise a little bit. Okay. And uh-huh. uh, I think he made it, if I remember correctly, he made a little joke about it. And then I just kind of was like, you know what, when... I had a backache. I went to go see the chiropractor. Mm. And when I have a bad cold, I go to see the doctor. Yeah. So if I'm not able to cope mm. with even just basic emotions, right? I I told my dad, I'm like right now I'm going there for maintenance. Like mm. I just want to go there. I want to air out my grievances of day to day and figure out better coping mechanisms. Mm. And there's somebody who's more skilled at me than doing that, right? Yeah. Like that person is skilled in uh, communications, crisis management, mm-hmm. managing, you know, anxiety or mood swings or whatever, small or large thing you're facing. Why wouldn't you go to an expert? Like, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know, irresponsible to put that burden on yourself, on yourself yeah. right? Like, it's like I would never put my burden on myself to build the house I live in. We have engineers. We have engineers. And yeah. why am I going to put the burden on myself to figure out the best way for me to handle complex emotional situations yeah. when we have psychologists? Yes, we have professionals who can yeah. help us. Mm-hmm. Who can help us. So I think, you know, I had that conversation. He seemed cool. My dad is generally pretty cool. But mm-hmm. I think having those conversations is what's going to slowly change things. I see it changing. And the one really good thing is, um, community aside, like Canada in general, the yeah. culture at work, right? And not just my place of work, like any place of work, mental health is a core, like a key competency. Mm. Companies pride themselves on having healthy employees. They yeah. offer benefits because we're in Canada. Mm-hmm. So you get your health care, you get your dentist, and you also get your support for a psychologist and that's covered. Wow. And, you know, like my company, amongst others, offers special sick days, uh, mental health days that you can take, mm. where if you just need a mental health day, you can you take can a take mental it. health day. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think culturally our society is really changing to accept this. There's some really great initiatives and I think we should link some of these down below on our YouTube, you know, we'll link the Deepika Padukone's initiative but here in Canada we have the Bell Let's Talk initiative it's just an amazing Mm -hmm. way that people talk about mental health Mm -hmm. across multiple organizations like across the country Mm -hmm. and then they promote like different lines and hotlines that people can and then they promote different lines and hotlines that people can reach out to so I think there's some really great stuff happening from Mm -hmm. a community perspective Uh, the other day I've read some article on LinkedIn it says that India is also beginning to 
include mental health under insurance policies like it's going to mandate it especially indians they do not have to worry about how expensive mental health care can be they can rely on the insurance and get it you know, get, get their sessions done what an amazing that first is step a, that is a major milestone major yeah. major and that's how mindsets start shifting, right? Mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it comes to mental health, I think we need to remind ourselves and remember that this is not just something that people are making up. It's not just a feeling, mm. right? Like this is scientifically proven, just like your appendix bursting. Like their <laughs> brain does function in certain ways. Trauma has proven to have mm. a impact on how the brain functions. So mm. it is a scientific health issue mm. and we need to start treating it as such as such yeah, yeah. and not just like mm. it's a phase it shall pass <laughs> yeah and i actually sometimes wonder what it would be like mm. if i actually had a safe place to air out my thoughts as a child you know mm. and i think the interesting conundrum of the south asian community mm. not really understanding mental health issues or whatever is that it's also the community that doesn't support an open communication between parent and child yes so growing up it's very stark because i grew up in a very multicultural society mm. and it was not a secret mm. it was a trend that i saw that it was the south asian kids that was hiding everything from their parents yeah so not only are they not getting a professional place to chat about their feelings and what's happening and who they're talking to at school and the person they had a fight with or bullying mm. issues, all of that stuff. But they also often don't have a parent to go to no with those vent. types of problems. There's no uh, vent. Yeah, there's no venting mechanism mm. at all other than friends. And to be honest, if you think about it, like if you are a parent listening to this, mm. you know, do you really want the psyche, the mental psyche of your child to be formed by some 12 year old on a playground? <laughs> and like, honestly, I think about how much of my life was shaped and influenced by conversations I probably had on a playground with a bunch of kids mm. and how wonderful it would have been to have different perspectives. Yeah. So, I mean, so both of us have gone to therapy as we have, you know, yeah. admitted here, but that's. How did you find your journey through therapy? Like, have you seen any changes in yourself? Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, before going to therapy, I did not know what was bothering me. Now I know I can pinpoint that, yes, this is the thing that's bothering me and I act on it. So that's really important. I was, my mind was a clutter. I had a lot of issues, as I mentioned, uh, especially personal issues. Um, the main issue was that being an elder one at home, I had always had this pressure on me. I mean, it wasn't an explicit pressure, but somehow it was always implied or I was worrying, I was taking that uh, without knowing subconsciously. And I didn't know that all of this was happening to me. I was like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I have a sister. I'm the elder one. I'm fine. I'm singing and all of that stuff. But then, as I said, it took me a pandemic <laughs> to realize that there is something going on. Um, there is some pattern here. I've observed myself for a month or so 
and the pattern of my emotions um i've monitored my emotions every day and i was like curious to go to a psychologist and it's a she my psychologist is a she so i let her know everything i've shared uh in a non-judgmental space i felt so safe and secure and yeah since then i think i've uh, been in a very very uh good zone and in a better place because she she gave me those tips and suggestions she gave me all the toolkits i need mm-hmm. okay like when you feel this when you're feeling um underconfident this is your toolkit when you're feeling maybe um emotional about something or stressful about something this is the toolkit so she gave me she equipped me with all these tools and now it's up to me to use those tools right and mm-hmm. i do of course i do if i would if i do not use them i would be a foolish <laughs> person <laughs> i'm definitely in a better space and i i know how to conduct myself now i think that's such a great way to approach therapy i think it's how mm-hmm. i've approached it as well but it's really like you know you have to be comfortable sometimes getting called out Mm. and mm. you're really facing yourself in a very different light yeah um and i think there's definitely something for a lot of older daughters out there myself included yeah. right like i think and this is what's interesting about therapy and learning a little bit more observing those patterns is that there are patterns there's very strong patterns and there's always a root cause there for is. the patterns in your life yes. the way you think the way you act right mm. and yeah i think f- definitely for me to a lot of my actions mm. today mm. are because i was the the, the first child mm. i was the oldest child in like multiple generations in my mom's side mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of pressure directly indirectly and i think i delivered i was Mm. a really good child overall right okay. temper aside like i got good grades and i did what i had to do and the perception was always very strong mm. and i think i still feel a lot of pressure to maintain the perception yeah. like i'm afraid of you know being vulnerable and mm. putting negative like saying bad things about myself because it's like no no i'm the role model to the community like i put that on myself yeah, yeah so yeah i think there's a lot and like there's other things i can pinpoint right the older mm-hmm. child thing there's a couple of patterns i see in my life of yeah. you know repeated patterns of people treating me certain ways that change the way that i react to mm-hmm. the way people treat me mm-hmm. um trust issues that i have yeah. that are deeply rooted in times that my trust was was broken So like yeah you can definitely see the patterns and um it does it, it can be difficult mm. but it's very emotional sometimes to yeah. almost face that and I think it's better you know like as much as I would love to confide in a friend or a family member um sometimes I don't feel comfortable confiding yeah. in friends yeah. and family members because I don't talk to everybody about all the topics mm. and then when I confide in them I'm not sure if I'm getting back what I actually need to need. hear yeah. right because yeah. they're either biased towards mm. me emotionally or judge or they have their own issues and then you know the topic is now about their issues and yeah then it's like oh are they judging me because I told them about this, this yeah. and then you feel that guilt and yeah the cool thing about therapy which I love is like 
I think for the first time, mm. I have a place where I can literally say whatever I want to say. Yeah. I can tell them what a horrible person I am. <laughs> and yeah, they're just like, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won't judge pretty, you. It's pretty great. So how often are you seeing? Is it a regular schedule? Is it ad hoc? So it was a regular schedule, uh, but now it, it is not. Um, my therapist was like, I think you're ready. <laughs> you graduated therapy. <laughs> I graduated therapy. She, she did uh, give me some marks <laughs> at the end in the last session. But it was a regular thing for about three months, I guess, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more important thing is I wanted to go uh, to a therapy because I wanted to have a clean slate before moving to a new country. I was like, I can't carry all this baggage to a new country. I'm going to live alone. I can't take that risk. I can't do that to myself. Um, and yeah, that's, that's when that's when I actually that that was like the trigger point. That was like the threshold I had. I'm like okay, I'm going to leave India in another three months, so high time. I had a choice to pick between buying an iPhone and therapy. Wow. Yeah. It was like the money I got from my YouTube, my biggest ever paycheck from YouTube uh, back then in September 2020. And I was like weighing iPhone or therapy. (laughs) I was like... Well, screw iPhone. You clearly made the. <laughs> you made a really bold decision. Yeah. For your own, like it was such a decision full of self love. Mm. So I have so much respect for you for that. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's very easy to get a big paycheck and yeah. buy an Apple product. Yes, as it's we very know. Tempting. We know. I have done recently. I just you got did. an iPad. <laughs> but to take that and invest it in yourself and to have a clean slate to start something new is like very amazing yeah and i think you know the the thing that we all need to remember is for us to accept love and accept the right relationships into our life and be available for good things we have to come from a place of self-love because nobody's gonna love you more than you love yourself yes so i think you know making sure you're in a place where you stand strong with who you are is so important Mm. and you know, getting mental health support and, you know, and I want to have a, add a huge caveat here, right? Like the mental health that we're both talking about is pretty like day to day mental health issues. Like both of us are, are blessed. We haven't experienced anything really major. Yeah. Um, but what we really want to highlight is that it doesn't have to be major. Like if, if you're just a normal average happy person going through life mm. therapy might still be for you because yeah. it's just that moment when things are calm and things are good to take a look at yourself mm. so that when things do get rocky whether it's moving a country or mm. something big happening in your life you're mm. actually f- prepared with like you said the toolkits yeah so when you when you face them you're ready so like yes. i think there is no wrong time to start therapy. Uh, you know, Manima and I have both been doing it and mm. it's not like we would have probably been fine without it. Yeah. Maybe to some degree. But we are better with it. But we're much better because of it, <laughs> right? So 
Yeah. Definitely, you know. And yeah. as someone who has been married for six years, mm-hmm. I would definitely say take your partners mm. into therapy, you know, your fiancé, boyfriend, husband, like whatever stage of relationship you may be in. Mm. It's just a great idea to level set, understand how you communicate, mm. get through like big topics, you know, figure out your approach on... I think it's also a great thing for families to do. Uh, families that are going through something very serious, like if they're suffering through a separation or a loss or uh, anything, any issue for that matter, uh, therapy can be a great, um, I don't call it a solution, but it can be a great way to figure out things and be in a better place especially mentally absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and I think yeah for kids parents anyone who's going through something difficult I'm just saying it's for everyone everyone. I think if there was one thing that you know I think there's a still long way to go is representation in therapists Hmm. I think especially if you think about you know younger people immigrants all of these people want to talk to somebody who can at least understand or empathize with the experience that they've had Mm. and I think that's still missing like there's not a lot of therapists in our area and we live in a very Indian South Asian area yeah that are South Asian Mm. and I imagine it's very similar for different minority groups people of color Mm. right LGBTQIA like these are the I would recommend if you know if anyone here is listening to this they're young they're figuring out their career choices, consider that. Because I think that representation is so important. We're starting to see it in TV. We're starting to see different colors and shapes and sizes. Mm. And now I think we need to see it in our professionals Mm. so that we can be listened to and heard um, in a way that we need to be listened to and heard. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any tips in terms of approaching uh, psychology or approaching therapy? I don't really have tips per se. I might talk after you <laughs> talk to your bit. Yeah, I mean, the only the only tip I would have, I mean, of course, op- approach it with an open heart and yeah. acceptance and all of that, which we talked yeah. about. But in terms of finding a therapist, I oh. would say that um, it's important to find the right fit. This mm. is somebody you're going to be opening your heart to and there's different personality types. And it's not yes. that... Anyone is less professional than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually went through about four therapists before I found one that I actually liked and okay. I could talk to and I had a good connection with. Um, and when I approached that fourth therapist, I told that therapist in the first session, I said, this is like a trial session for both of us. Mm-hmm. I need to find a good fit because I've had some not so great experiences. Mm-hmm. Right? So... The other tip, I guess, is if you do go to a therapist and you feel awkward about it or something isn't right, it's not that therapy is wrong. It's probably that that person isn't a right fit for you. Yeah. Like I have been to a couple of therapists so I can speak to some experiences, but one was very alarmist. They were just like everything was extreme and it was like, you know, you're going through this. It's like, well, you should make sure that you do this extreme thing for anxiety disorder. And it just actually made me very stressed. 
Oh. And there was another therapist I went to. She was heavy note taker. To the point that there was no eye contact during our conversation. So she, I would be talking and she's like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just taking notes. But I just felt like I was just talking to a wall. And then she would <laughs> look at her notes and give me a feedback and have a conversation. But yeah. I just was not feeling heard. I didn't feel a good connection. Yeah. So like, you know, those are probably just not good fits for you. Maybe those... Is, maybe that's exactly what you need. Maybe you are in an extreme situation and you need somebody who's going to give you extreme mm. solutions. That might work for you. That might really work for you if you're going through something really dramatic and you need somebody who's going to like put mm. you into shape. Or if you're okay with somebody writing notes while you're talking to them. When I, if, if that makes you feel uh, that you can open up more, then that's for you. Yeah. yeah, like maybe the eye contact is uncomfortable for you. So yeah. it's really like, take your time, find one. It's expensive, I know, right? Like therapy here can be super expensive, hundreds of dollars an hour. Yeah. And um, it's frustrating to find the right one. But I think it's like, you think about it like a family doctor mm. or a surgeon, right? Mm. Like you wouldn't think twice if you needed surgery and you mm. had to find the right surgeon. Mm. So I think you need to give give it the same importance and yeah yeah that's that's what I would recommend. Yeah. So for me I've been to one therapist and that was the right fit. The first fit was the right fit. Uh, I've heard about her through someone from social media and I went and you know took one session. Um, I felt really good as you said you will know when you when know. you're talking you're, you're pouring your heart out when you are at the most vulnerable state and you're still comfortable I think you you know that yeah I think yeah. the space is right for me mm-hmm. so that 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 happened with me and after that after coming here to Toronto I think this is a major difference I've seen in India in Indian education system and here here, the university I'm studying at, they have this online mental health and counseling sessions. You can, any student can book an appointment for free and talk to a professional. Love ask, that. Ask about India? No. I have not seen a college, uh, leave out college, no university has this. There's no department of mental health. I mean, now I'm coming to realize that and... That's a huge disparity between both these. And it's interesting because the Indian education system is very competitive. It is. So it would probably really benefit, benefit and from these. They types really of, need it. They really need it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's good. It's good to see that the world is progressing. I think eventually, yeah, everyone should catch up. So how does how does the like you've just recently gone through this therapy? You've moved to Canada. How does this impact your creativity? Uh, the more clutter I have in my mind, the more unproductive I am. So therapy, in a way, decluttered my mind. And mm-hmm. now I know I am not there yet. I am still dealing with my issues, but at least I know what my issues are and I'm dealing with it. So it's like I do not have to worry a lot about my issues. There's less clutter. So there's room for more productivity and more creativity. I agree a hundred percent. I think it's like all about the space. Yeah. When you are in a calmer state of mind, there is more space to live creatively, to be creatively, to yeah. even be mindful 
of that creativity. Exactly. Um, and it's interesting because with that space comes mindfulness. Mm. And to get to that space, you also need mindfulness. You need to be mindful of the clutter mm. to create the space. Mm. And then once you have the space, you can be mindful of how you choose to use it. Mm. So yeah, for me, creativity and mental health go hand in hand. I know for a fact when I am painting, mm. I never paint sad or upset or angry. Oh, okay. So if that means I'm having a bad day and I am going to wait until tomorrow, mm. right? Like especially when I'm doing client work and stuff like that, I mm. really want to put good energy into it and I want to feel good energy back. Mm. Right? Like smaller creative projects, yes, all moods, but mm. painting, yeah, I like to be in a calm space mm. because I f- flow freely. My paintings are better because mm. of it. Mm. And I feel like that energy matters. And yeah, I think therapy is a huge help in making, you know, making me feel that peace and go on. Therapy and meditation, different episode. (laughs) Um, Because I think the biggest, truly the biggest declutter I had of my brain was Mm. through meditation. Mm. Um, But therapy has been a really big supplementing factor for me. Amazing. So one more thing I want to mention here is before therapy, You asked me what's the change I've seen, right? So before therapy, uh, I was a person who created a lot of drama. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, for every single thing, I would be, I would get emotional. I would storm out or I would just uh, have, have a major, huge outburst, just create a drama I don't know. I shouldn't be saying that about myself, I guess. Okay, let's just cut down the word drama. But I was that reactive person. Wow. And you know, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I was. There there were some pretty huge public outbursts I had. Wow. And like a professional setup. Really? For more than... For more than (laughs) two times. Like multiple times. I'm surprised. Yeah. If I think... If I look back and think about those incidents now, I am embarrassed a bit, mm-hmm. but but still, that was who I am. So I just need yeah, to I don't think that. That's okay. I actually think you should look back and see the growth. Growth, right? yeah. The trajectory. The trajectory, yeah. So now, after therapy, I think I've become more composed and uh, calm person, I think, before reacting. So that's the huge difference. That's I amazing. Have. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, that that change came through a meditation workshop I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been doing therapy before and after, and I think that just helps me maintain a better state. I'm still I still can be reactive. I have my moments mm. with family mostly. Um, yeah, that's but all, all, that's always there. Yeah, that's always there. But yeah, definitely, you know, in a personal professional setting, mm. I have a very different approach, and it helps. Yeah. I think if we were to conclude today's episode, you know, mental health is so crucial. It's as if not more important than physical health. And I think we need to trust our professionals. Find one that fits you. Allow yourself to vent. Allow yourself that feeling of Mm self-love. Allow yourself to understand your patterns. Mm. And let that be a gift you give to your family or your children the next generation the next generation like let this be okay Mm. and i think everyone will benefit from therapy everyone yeah 
yeah don't don't let it pass on to your next generation don't let it become this trans generational trauma you're going to give your uh, you know mm-hmm. next generations or further generations i think that's all, that's what we all millennials are actually trying to do with and yeah. come out of it come out of that trans generational trauma that's an entirely big topic which we need a whole another episode for multiple <laughs> yeah but no i think that's so right right like we really need to start breaking the negative cycles yes and it is up to us it's a big burden it can be a lot but let's be the people to break those cycles change the narrative yeah and get everyone yeah therapy and because this is a creativity podcast i think that if you are on a creative path if you're trying to be more creative then allow therapy into your life um and we'll do a full episode on meditation yeah but you know allow yourself those moments to be mindful and give yourself the space hmm. so you can find some of that yeah. childhood playful creative energy creep yeah. back in to to pursue anything you want yeah well that was a bit of a heavy episode because it was like revisiting your therapy days yeah and just about. thinking about you know what brought us to therapy it's a lot so yeah. thank you for joining us on this episode if you want to chat with us about anything continue the conversation you can find us on instagram you yes. can find maunima at it's maunima you can find me at shree's arts and you can also comment down below if you're listening to us on youtube but make sure to follow us on anywhere where you listen to podcasts awesome see you in the next episode yes and please do not forget to take care of your mental health